Good day, everyone. This is Matt with A Cup of Freedom. Thank you so much for joining us today on the podcast. Today is a day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice in it. I've got my cup of coffee, my donut shop coffee, and I'm ready to visit with you today. This is a podcast where we celebrate the freedom that we have already been given in Jesus Christ, and we talk about how that can impact every area of our lives. And we drink some really good coffee. I hope you're enjoying a cup wherever you are listening from today. Uh, we got some big news today. This is this is our 200th episode. Wow, 200 episodes. We celebrate that, and we celebrate you, and we thank you, the listener, because we could not have done this without you. But we celebrate that 200 episodes over these last two and a half years of being able to uh, bring this message to you. We're, we're now heard in over 25 countries. We're grateful for all of you, the listener, all of you that have come alongside of us, that have stayed with us, that have reached out to us, that have supported us in whatever way. I prayed for us. I still uh, ask for all those things because we could not do this without you. And so we, we celebrate. We're grateful. I can't believe it that it's been 200 episodes, but I just wanted to point that out before because it's so, so important and encouraging for me and for this ministry to be able to keep going to know that it's uh, that's making a difference out there and making a difference in people's lives. So we celebrate that. I just wanted to recognize that up front. Well, we've been talking, I, I did a podcast yesterday on, well, what is freedom in Christ? I had someone ask me that question recently uh, and kind of unpacked that and kind of gave three different thoughts, talked about the first thought yesterday and wanted to go into the second one. Today, so what is freedom in Christ? We we talk about that, we read about that, uh, and yet in so many ways we don't seem to. It, it doesn't always connect because we're still struggling with different behaviors. We're still maybe addicted to to different things, and so we we talk about freedom. The, the immediate thought, and, and a lot of times, goes to behaviors. And when Jesus talks about freedom in Scripture, he's not talking about setting us free from behaviors. Of course he can do that, but it's a spiritual freedom that before Christ, we were spiritually dead in our sin. We were separated from God. We, Our nature was controlled by the power of sin, and now at salvation, all of that was cut off. The old man, if you will, the old sinful nature was cut off. It was crucified. It was buried with Christ, and this new life, this new creation life being reborn, born again in the Spirit now with a new human spirit. Uh, and then the Holy Spirit joining to us has now created in us a brand new us, a brand new creation that has now been cut off and disconnected from this power of sin, that we are no longer slaves to sin, but we are now slaves to righteousness, all by the work of Christ. And this happened at salvation. So when we think about freedom, we need to go to the deeper reality of what Christ has done to us. And that was the first thought that we that we shared uh the other day was that we are now free from the power of sin. So if you missed that, go back and listen to that. Uh, and today I want to go into the second one. That we, There's a lot of things we can talk about with freedom, but this is important too, is that we are free from the law. And again, before I went into that, uh, again, we think about freedom in terms of good outcomes or or behaviors or good behaviors or God setting us free from behaviors. And that's never, that was never what, um, that was never what, 
freedom, spiritual freedom that's talked about in Scripture is, is talking about, setting us free from alcohol or drinking or cussing and smoking and all those kind of things, God sure can tra- transform us and we can begin to, to realize that some of those behaviors are things that we don't want to do, that we want to be free from, but ultimately something deeper had to, ha- had to happen. We had to be cut off from the power source that was producing those behaviors. Now we have a new power source which is the Spirit of God living in us, that empowers us to say no to behaviors that we don't want. That's our power source, not us. Before Christ, it was it was us. Anything that we thought we didn't want to do, it was all by our strength, by by our willpower, all of that. Now we have we have a new power source, which is Christ in us. So so as as we go through this again today, sure, we're gonna talk a lot about behaviors and different do's and don'ts in this, but it all comes from the Spirit of God in us, which is what I'm going to do in a, in a third part uh, with you know in this series, because this is so important to know, can be so transformational. And like I said, I would encourage you to go back to listen to part one about the power of sin, because that, that single-handedly has been one of the greatest things that God has used in my own life to transform me in understanding the difference between the power of sin and committing sins. So I started off to the other day with this idea of freedom in Christ is because we think, oh, well, freedom in Christ, well, uh, I can do what I want to do. <laughs> and we get scared of that, right? We almost get scared of freedom, like I can do what I want to do. And actually, yes, you can do what you want to do because here's what you want to do. You actually want to live a godly life. You want that. He's changed your wants and desires and all of that. You don't actually want to sin, and that's where we get into this, oh, well, I'm free in Christ. I can go out and do whatever I want and send all kinds. But that's not what you really want. And so here's, here's the, the line that I said that I wanted to kind of go into again today was our dependence on Christ gives us independence from everything and everyone else. And today that's going to be independence from the law or legalism or anything like that. So our dependence on Christ gives us independence from everything and everyone else. If God wants to use those things to draw us into deeper dependence, He will absolutely do. He will use other people. He will use other circumstances. He will. But we can let go of our neediness for those things to come through because our dependence on Christ is our greatest freedom, is our source now of freedom. He is the source of the freedom. So, okay, free from the law. Now, when we think of law, we may you may immediately jump to Leviticus or or the Old Testament, or and that that is true. That's absolutely true. The law was given to Moses by God as a covenant with uh, the people of Israel. That was a covenant. First of all, we, one one thing we can say is the law was never given to Gentiles. It was never given to someone who's not a Jew, would never have been given the law. They never would have been shown the law. It was something between Moses and uh, and the people of Israel. It's the old covenant, as they say. We are now in the new covenant. I'll probably do a podcast on this at some time, the difference between the old covenant and new covenant, because it's something that, that gets mixed so much. But for today, uh, when we think of law too, sure, we, we think of the Ten Commandments, which was given to Moses, and we also, but we also got to remember there were actually six hundred plus laws that were given at the time to uh, to Moses, to the people of Israel, to to live life. To there was all kinds of laws that were given uh, for them to to live by. 
Okay, But I want us to also focus today on thinking of the man-made modern-day laws. It may not be thou shalt not whatever, but today's man-made laws, or what I even call religion or legalism, is something that is so very prevalent in different ways. It may not be building a golden calf <laughs> that, uh, you know, while Moses was up on, the, on Mount Sinai, that's what, the, that's what the Israelites did. They built a golden calf. We may not necessarily do that. There may be different versions of the golden calf. But we have our man-made religions, rules, regulations. And this is the thing. Uh, many, many Christians, including myself for a long period of time, we're focusing on what I would say the religious part of it, the legalism or the laws of, of, of God or what we thought we were supposed to do. And then our, the concept then of this victorious living and this freedom in Christ living was to basically avoid all the wrong things, okay? And so we had to have people tell us what all the wrong things were, okay, uh, and then do the right ones. An early version of that for me was in college. I went to a college, which I, and okay, again, when I, when I share these things, it's not to condemn anything or anyone, but when I was in college, I went to a very religious school, and there were all kinds of rules. We couldn't wear jeans during the week. We couldn't wear shorts during the week. If we went into the, if we went into the uh, cafeteria at the school, we had to wear, you know, a collared shirt. Uh, we were not allowed to go dancing. We were not allowed to go to movies. Uh, there were all kinds of man-made modern-day religion. And I remember living in that environment. At, at first, you don't really think about it, but there were obviously people, too, that were there that I can remember that wanted to do everything they could to, to uh, go against that system. If they were told not to do something, they were going to go do it. And that's actually one of the things the, the law does and rules do is that actually, it actually inflames sin. We don't think of it that way. But it is, and so so that's how. But that's how many of us were taught, and were told, and even can still believe to this day that we're we're to live by this this man made system, or even we think it's God's system of of rules. We focus on the rules of the Christian life instead of the Spirit of God in us. Uh, we want to be told where we can go, where we cannot go, where we can look, where we cannot <laughs> not look. And it, and here's the thing: we actually at some point are told that we can do this. We can actually get it done. We can we can actually stay away from the wrong things and do the right things, and we'll actually grow spiritually if we do these things. And so, uh, again, I know this this is something that's been so deeply ingrained in me, and it probably is with you as well. And so, it's going. This is going to be probably one of the harder things that 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 Christ will uh, can set you free from if we allow that to happen, because so, some of these beliefs that I'm going to share are so deeply ingrained in us that we, we've, lived, uh, we've lived out of them for so long because, again, like I've talked a lot on this podcast about lying beliefs, we, we just believe it. We've been told it, we've bought into it, we've accepted it, and now it's become, it's become the standard by which we live by. So any, any approach to this Christian life that we're, we're focusing on keeping rules, um, or, or experiencing freedom or victory by doing certain things is basically a form of legalism, and legalism is is nothing more than a system of gaining God's acceptance. Okay, um, God's grace is not against us doing anything. Absolutely not. He He created us as His masterpiece to do good works. Right, Ephesians two ten. But what grace is is not going to allow for us, and freedom in Christ is not going to allow, is earning. 
is trying to gain something from God that we already have. That's where grace and freedom are not going to. And so legalism is a way of, if I do this, I'm going, God will be well-pleased with me when the freedom in Christ says God's already well-pleased with you now, before you do anything. Now, now because you are well-pleased, now we go out and we live and we do because he's well-pleased. See, there's a big difference there, right? So, so Christians can be legalists. I would say in some ways I was, uh, had, uh, you know, I'm a recovering legalist. Uh, I, I, and I, here's the thing. I was around other people who would have been even deeper into that where, you know, even if a, a song or a commercial or something would come on the radio or the TV it would immediately be turning it off or can't listen to that, that sinful rock and roll and all that kind of stuff. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this because if this is something that resonates with you, then uh, just, you know, it's not out of condemnation. It's just thinking about it. this is all meant for our freedom because we have now been set free in Christ from, from this. Okay, so is it possible for a Christian to be living by the laws or what we think are rules of do's and don'ts? Absolutely. It absolutely is. Uh, I did this for a long time. And if your concept of this Christian life living is one in which uh, you know, God's primary concern with you is your behavior. If that's the key, if you're focused so much on your behavior and what you're doing and not doing, which I think is most of what is taught and what is being uh, preached about, and also even Christians are thinking is my behavior, then then I think that legalism is going to be there because you're never going to quite measure up. It produces condemnation. It shows you you cannot do it. And that's actually one of the purposes of the law, which we will get to. So God's main concern, I believe, is that we now know who we are. He is our source. It's relationship. That, that out of our relationship then comes the empowerment. He is the source. He is the freedom. That becomes the empowerment for us then to live in godly ways, in our behavior. It's not, we get it reversed if we think, if I just start doing a bunch of godly things, I'll become more godly. No, he already says you are a new creation. Now we're going to act in new creation ways. Totally different different concept. I thought it was the reverse. For years and years, I thought I had to act like a new creation to become one. When I finally discovered I was a new creation, then I began to act in new creation ways. That was freeing. That was actually the freedom because it's who I am. I didn't have to earn anything or get anything. So, you know, when, when that happens, when we actually live out of that freedom, all the other do's and don'ts, I believe, kind of take care of themselves because we don't need someone else to tell us what to do and don't do. We have the Spirit of God now that's leading us. You know, the the law was given uh, to the Israelites in that day to, to actually reveal sin to them, to show them what sin was. Okay? So there can be all kinds of versions of this legalism. One of the things I also share about growing up was was church. I am so grateful for my church experience growing up. Sometimes uh, it became a legalistic thing, though. It just was. If, if I, uh, We would go to church three, sometimes four times a week, you know? And it was just a part of our lives. And I'm so grateful for church. I'm so grateful for everything that I, the relationships of people. But it became, in some ways, legalistic. If I didn't show up to church, people would Kind of okay. Where where are you? You know what, what's 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 wrong with Matt? He didn't make it to, to church. It was all kinds of these kind of things. So when it becomes a self-imposed law or legalistic thing, I must go to church. That's anything but freedom. And actually, it does what the law does is that it stimulates rebellion. Then you get into this place where you don't really you don't really uh, want to go or you're not free to go because 
it becomes a mandate. It becomes a it becomes a law or whatever. And so that's just another another way of saying this. So so Romans seven five and six. Romans seven does a good job. Paul after just going through Romans six where he says we're free from the power of sin. He says this, and he says, for when we were in the flesh, the sinful passion, passions which were aroused by what the law were at work in our members to bear fruit to death. Wow, but now we have been set free from the law, having died to what we were held by, so that we should serve in the newness of the Spirit and not the oldness of the letter. So that's, we're going to go into part three on that one, the newness of the Spirit. What does that mean? Because now that we don't have the law to guide us, and here's the thing, Gentiles were never given the law. So he's talking, Paul, a former Jew, uh, now as a as a follower of Christ, a believer in Christ, but he knows all about the law and keeping. He was the greatest law keeper of them all, and yet he's saying now we've been delivered from it, we've been set free from it. Here's the thing, many Christians don't believe that we've actually been uh, set free from the law or dead to the law. Even the Ten Commandments, I'm going to say something that may seem totally sacrilegious until we are not under the Ten Commandments. Our guiding force in this life, in this Christian life, is not to live by the Ten Commandments. I know people will argue with me, will disagree with me. That's okay. Uh, you can disagree with me on that. But he's just set. He, Paul just said it right there. You've been delivered from the law. If you thought it's up to you to live out these Ten Commandments, are the Ten Commandments good and holy and righteous? Absolutely, they are. But they've they served their purpose at the time to reveal. That we can't do it because we can't even we can't do it, <laughs> we can't live it, we can't. It's, and that's actually the point of the law is to show us that we can't do it. Uh, and one of the things that's been even more freeing to me is to realize that Gentiles were never even under the law. Jew, that was that was for the Jews. Paul actually, as he now began to minister to people, he began his ministry was mostly to the Gentiles. He never would have used the law to bring to bring that into. Uh, a Gentile salvation thing because uh, because it's it was they didn't even know it it wasn't it wasn't for them it wasn't for them it's, it wasn't for us so not only did we die to the power of sin we are now dead to the law including the Ten Commandments and in Romans seven Paul uses one of the commandments covenanting to show that coveting of every kind so apart from the law sin is dead Romans seven seven. <laughs> so we're dead to the law. We're not under the law. And this includes the Ten Commandments. Okay, Paul's, Paul's concern here is with his covening and his inability to obey it. He's like, you shall not covet. That was good. But obviously, so obviously that, that coveting command is one of the Ten Commandments. But Paul is indeed referring to the moral law. He's talking about this, this, uh, this, this you know, one of the Ten Commandments. And so he's signal, it's a signal to us that sin actually comes alive through the commandment. As you say, you shall not covet. What does that produce? Produces coveting of every kind. And so the Ten Commandments, sin has an opportunity to thrive even. Actually, it reveals sin in other places. And notice the solution that Paul gives in Romans 8. He said, apart from the law, sin is dead. So apart from it, He's he's telling us he's teaching us that we as believers now we're, we we live apart from it we need to live apart from it which specifically here refers to the Ten Commandments to find any real victory over sin is not going to be thou shalt not 
Thou shalt not. What do we? Do? What's the solution? We trust the indwelling Spirit of God in us with our struggles, whether it be coveting, lying, cheating, cussing, lusting, any other moral issue. So it's not Jesus plus Moses. And I know we would say, oh, I'll never add Moses into the, into the, but we do it. We do it in so much of our teaching. I even did it at times. It's not Jesus plus the Ten Commandments. It's for the believer, it's Jesus plus nothing. And I know that may just go against everything you've ever been taught or taught, but just like salvation was all Jesus, living the Christian life is all Jesus. And how does this work out? Then that's where part three is going to get into the more of the practicality of it. Now we live and walk by the Spirit once we know who we are. So we, we, <laughs> if it, if this makes you nervous, that you're like, oh boy, Matt's saying the Ten Commandments. I'm not saying the Ten Commandments are wrong or bad or any of that, but the Ten Commandments are no longer, we're no longer under them. Do you truly actually believe that God's Spirit would ever lead you to lie or to commit adultery or to covet? It's not. No, the, the Ten Commandments now are not your source. I use that as that word again, source. What's, the, what's your source now? The Spirit of God in you. What is the goal? The goal is knowing that Christ is your source and knowing Him, knowing that He is going to empower you and lead you and guide you away from all those things that you don't want the what's what's the natural byproduct of knowing Christ as your source that you're going to bear fruit from his spirit not your not your self effort no one can have self control by their own self effort it's by the spirit of god living in them it's the fruit of his spirit so trusting jesus and him alone can actually lead you to upright living to godly living and this is what you most want. So the law always is going to say you must, you ought, you should. And, and, and freedom actually says you actually want to. You get to. And the, and the bottom line, living by a set of rules is never going to bring a lifestyle of freedom and victory. Uh, it's, it's not. I, I believed this for many years, even in the in even in the freedom journey of with pornography, is that I, I I would say that I tried everything to get free. All the rules or the things that people told me to do, and it never it actually in some ways made it worse because I could never quite do it. I could never accomplish it. I could never live up to it. Once I began to realize that I had the power of Christ in me, that he was the source of my freedom and my victory, that was a total game changer, and he set me free from any of all that. And I know this may throw another wrench in this with, with our recovery plans and all of our things that we try to have in place. I'm not saying those are wrong. I'm just saying if that's what you're counting on for your freedom, you're oh man, you're going to be disappointed. You're going to be frustrated because... Number one, you just can't quite ever carry it through. You just can't quite ever keep the commitments. You just can't quite ever stay faithful to it. So the plan is not what's the problem. The plan actually in some ways inflames the arousal of the law because you can't quite do it. Don't look at this. Don't look at... And you actually realize, well, I really, I think I want to. No, you don't. That's why the law inflames it because because now (laughs) it's, it's telling... Anytime you're told what not to do, in some ways you want to do it. I, I'm going to share this example. I, I uh, This is kind of a maybe a, a little funny way to describe this, but 
But a personal example, a recent trip to the golf course. Okay, so I was, I'm here I am on the golf course. I'm driving up in my cart to the green. And I, as I get to the green, I saw this sign that said, keep the cart off the grass. Now, all golf courses have this, but I, I saw it. And now I want to say at first, I never even thought about it was it was the shorter grass that was up to the green. I never even to that point until I saw it sign, never thought about driving on the green or the short grass. Never even thought about it. Okay, but seeing this sign keep off the grass uh, actually stirred something in me. Okay, I immediately kind of thought, huh, I wonder what that would be like to drive on this short grass. Maybe I will drive on, on that grass. Who's going to see me anyway? I mean, there was nobody around. So being told what not to do, I actually wanted to do it. That's an example of law. That's an example of legalism. Okay, the sign said no, and I wanted to immediately drive, drive on it. That's how the law works in the life of a Christian. The law actually empowers sin and disobedience. It causes living by the flesh. Not by faith. The, the law always says you must, you ought, you should. The life of Christ in you says you get to, you want to, you're invited to. Living by a legalistic set of rules is never going to lead to life. You're going to want to drive on the grass. You're going to want to do, you think you're going to want to do what you're not wanting to do because that's the, that was the purpose of the law. Romans 7 says we've died to it. We've been released from it. It's no longer our modus operandi. Christ came not to get rid of the law, but to fulfill it so that we can live by a new way, by his spirit. We live this way by faith. Listen to all these verses uh, real quick on, on being set free from the law or, or, the, or, or the law. 1 Corinthians 15.56. I would encourage you to go through these verses. 1 Corinthians 15.56 says the power of sin is the law. So there you go. Power of sin and the law are brought together. We've been set free from both of those. Romans 6, 14. For sin sin shall not be your master, because you are not under law, but under grace. Galatians 5, 18. But you are led by the Spirit. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. Romans 7, 6. But now we have been released from the law, for we died to it, and we no longer are captive to its power. Now we can serve God, not in the old way of obeying the letter of the law, but in the new way of living in the Spirit. And again, maybe your idea of living this Christian life is that a person should do certain things. Um, and and here's, here's where it gets, here's where it gets uh, tricky, right? A lot of these certain things would be things to say, oh, yeah, these are good things. Reading the Bible, praying, witnessing, going to church. None of these, ac- none of these, none of these activities are bad. Please don't hear me say that. But when they become the ought-tos and the must and the should-haves, then they become legalistic. Now we get to live them out by his life in us. Here are the different, I want, I'm going to give you two different statements and I want you to hear the difference. One is this, I better read my Bible because I know I should and my pastor told me to. Or secondly, I want to read my Bible because it's God's love letter to me. I want to know what he thinks of me. If you're embracing a must or an ought to attitude, it's nothing more than any other man-made law. Uh, and you want to know, you want to know this, I know this may sound again, sacrilegious, but you want to know a way to really enjoy reading your Bible is when you realize you don't have to. Uh, I said that that's right. When you know, when you know you have the freedom in Christ to not read it, 
you know there's a choice. That's true. Freedom. Freedom means, it goes back to my original statement, our dependence on Christ is a choice. At any given time, we're choosing to depend on Christ, which is freedom, or to live in independence from anything else, which is still freedom. We get to choose. But the truest freedom is dependence on Christ. Really enjoying reading your Bible is knowing that you're free not to. I believe because then you actually realize that you want to because you want to get to know your father. You want to know how much he loves you, not out of obligation. The law and religion requires us to read it. Freedom empowers us to because we really want to. I'm just going to say living that legalistic type life never produces joy. I can testify to that. I felt like I was never doing enough. You know, and at some point, then what happens? Because you you feel like you're not doing enough. You think you actually are not enough. My focus was on what I was doing or not doing. And most of the time, I thought I wasn't doing enough for God. Now, how much of this have we been released from? All of it. Yes, all of it. We are not under the law anymore. And here's the thing. Gentiles never were anyway. There's a new way to live. This is where I'm going to lead into the next one. Living by faith in the life of Christ is not based on the law. The purpose of the law is still the same. It's for the unbeliever. Okay? The law is still good and holy and perfect, but it's not for us anymore. We've been released from it. We are free to now live a new way, living by the Spirit. And I know that that this this we get a lot of mixture in our teaching, we get a lot of mixture in what we're told to do, uh, and I could I I never could experience this joy in Jesus because my focus was on all the spiritual religious things I either needed to do, and all the bad things I needed to stop doing. And so I I just I want us to be free of this. I want you to experience free, freedom. This by no means says that I'm saying any of these activities are wrong, but now we, we realize that we actually have a desire and a want to spend time in God's Word, to, to spend time with other believers, to, to uh, engage in spiritual activities, whatever they may be, because now we're free to do it, because we also know we're free to not do it. And I know we think, oh, because we're free to not do it, we're not, nobody's ever... No, it's not, that's not the case. <laughs> It's actually just the opposite. There's no life in our in our empty religious routines. There's no life in it. Only the only life, capital L life, is in the spirit. There's there there can be people who are going to church their whole lives, teaching Bible classes, singing, praying, doing a dozen other religious activities, and there's not one ounce of spiritual life in what they're doing, and that can include ministry too, what we call Christian ministry. Life, capital L, life is the difference. He, Jesus, Christ is the only one that can live the Christian life. We're going to struggle to be obedient as long as we continue to focus on the ought to's, the should of's, the could of's. We're going to feel bound to certain things. But when we actually begin to experience Christ as our life, All the matters now is just it's the natural expression of his life in us. It's just that we're, we know that we've got the wellspring of his life 
the living water in us and that overflows. We get to express that now in every area of our lives. It's the overflow of his life. We are not bound to the law anymore. We died to it. That old nature was put to death with Christ. We are now only bound to one person, and that's the Lord Jesus. That's our dependence. That's how free we are. Sure, we can still choose to go our own way. We still have the freedom of choice. But the truest freedom is that we've been set free from the power of sin. We've been set free from the law. And there's actually, and I'm going to end with this, Romans 8, 2, which is now something. So we just talked about this in my men's group last night. We actually, guess what? There is actually a law that we're under. It's the law of the Spirit, which is Romans 2, for 8, 2, sorry, Romans 8, 2. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. What was the law of sin and death? It's the old covenant law. It was the old it was the Ten Commandments, all of that. That's all going to lead to sin and death because we can't do it. Now what are we bound by? The law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Legalism, what does that do? It activates the law of sin and death, which was Romans 7, 5. Romans 6, 23. So a person who takes this, this legalistic approach is never going to find victory by trying to keep these religious activities Actually, the certainty of defeat increases by focusing on that. The law can actually tell us what to do, but it can never empower us to do it. We can't fulfill it. It can only give us a sense of condemnation. It's actually in 2 Corinthians called a ministry of death. Verse 9 in 2 Corinthians 3 calls it a ministry of condemnation. We've died to any system of that. I love, uh, I'm going to end with this quote, Watchman Nee, who wrote a great book uh, on this, uh, uh, Watchman Nee, a great classic author, Christian author, wrote this, grace means that God does something for me, law means that I do something for God. God has certain holy and righteous demands which he places upon me, that's law. Now, if law means that God requires something of me for their fulfillment, then deliverance from law means that he no longer requires that from me, but himself provides it. Law implies that God requires me to do something for him. Deliverance from law implies that he exempts me from doing it and that in grace he does it himself. I need do, I need do nothing for God. That's freedom from law. Did you, did you catch that last part? I've highlighted it here in my, in my book. I need do nothing for God. Wow. What a relief to discover that God is not interested in anything we can do for him, but he invites us to participate. He's done everything necessary that needs to be done to defeat the power of sin, to fulfill the law. He doesn't want what we can do. He just wants us. He just wants you, Christian. The core of the Christian life does not revolve around a religious routine doesn't revolve around uh, doing a bunch of good things. It's grounded and it involves being. Being. The Christian life is being who you are in Christ. It's the life of Christ. The focus is a person. This is what we're going to go to through in our next time. I know these are a little bit longer, but take your time and go through this because the focus now is just Christ. And this is going to lead us into our third part, which is now that we are now that all these first two things are true. Guess what? 
We're now free to live by the Spirit, which lives in us. Our focus is now is not to try to live by any set of religious system, but now our focus is on Him and that He will live His life in and through me. That's the focus. If you've spent your entire Christian life trying to obey God and trying to get victory over sin and trying to live a religious way, well, the question becomes, well, how well have you done in your efforts? <laughs> if you think you're doing well, you better re-examine the standard that God's given because His standard is holy and perfection. If you focused on a religious set of rules to get freedom or to even get freedom over an addiction, you probably experience considerable frustration, and that's what it's actually supposed to do. Freedom is a gift, and we're going to talk about that the next time. So what if, what if you realize that you were dead to the power of sin, you're free from it, and you were dead and set free from the law? You've now been made free to live a new way, that life in the Spirit. That's what we're going to talk about next time. Thank you so much for joining us today. Please reach out to us. We'd love to hear any questions that you have. We love to walk with you in your own freedom journey. Uh, it's what we do on a daily basis. If you're interested in one-on-one -on -one coaching, we offer that. We also have a men's group that meets once a week. Uh, if you need some community with other guys who are going in the same direction and pursuing this freedom journey, and as we say here on this podcast, come as you are and find freedom. We'll talk to you next time.